0: Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle, and resident business coach. Serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow, and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle, and your resident business coach. And on today's episode, I get to talk about some of my favorite topics, the brain, neuroscience, and starting a business. And we have the incredible Angus, who's uh, based in New Zealand. Um, I was lucky enough to try his brand, which is a uh, brain drink. And it's actually, it's, it's not what you think it is. I think there's a lot of topics out there, uh, products out there that are, you know, energy drinks. The cool thing about this brand is that it's backed by neuroscience. And in a lot of startup world, I get questioned a lot, where do you spend your first money? You know, how do you invest? How much should you invest? Where should you invest it? Um, and all of those questions and, this is a really interesting, different way to start a business and to invest. and And Angus has incredible history and background in product development and sales, and yeah, really went about it in a in a certain way. So I'm not gonna spoil the ending. You guys can dive in and listen to it. Um, but super inspiring, super different. And I think what makes it really cool and backs. The decisions and the success that he's had from, you know, stocking his products on Marvel movies and he's supplying elite athletes, and you know, he'll he'll share with you all of the successes that he has and will continue to have. But it's born. The idea was born out of a passion and desire to to have a real change and a really strong why and connection to brain health Um, and he will share his mission with you and I think for me it's a great example of why businesses work and how find it founders make um, real impact and have real success is because of what they're driven by Um, so enjoy the conversation lots of incredible tips lots of advice for starting a product um. Yeah, and really cool, passionate way to go about it. Um, also, we have uh, a discount code for this product. So if you would like to check out the brain drink, Arapa, then you can use the discount code the Brain Drink for 10% off your first order. Um, but you can also get it in shops as well. So if you want to get it now, do it, go find it. It tastes delicious. I personally tried it and has, you know, can vouch for the effects and um, Angus will talk all through that with you. Uh, but great conversation, incredible product, highly recommend. Definitely check it out and, yeah, let me know what you think. Amazing. Welcome to the podcast, Angus. Lovely to finally meet you after testing your products in real life, which are delicious, by the way. Thanks, Kay. You too. Can confirm. Nice. Nice to have you here, but maybe we kick off with you introducing yourself, uh, the business, and yeah, give us your elevator pitch.
1: Okay, um, sure. So, uh, kia ora everyone. My name is Angus Brown. I am the co-founder and co-CEO of Arepa. We are a brain food technology company. We work at the nexus between neuroscience, food technology and natural plant-based ingredients to create intelligent uh, brain food um, designed to create a global impact on brain health worldwide. Amazing. Love it. And I was saying before, yeah, I have tested it
0: out. I had, I mean, because you've got a few products now, right? You've got um, a relax. because I posted about on Instagram and like, I mean, you guys started in 2017 and we'll get into that, but um, it's one of those things where, yeah, once it comes across you and then it like a big bus went past the other day with your brand on it. And I was like, and people were writing to me, be like, yeah, I've tried this or that stuff's great. I'm like, what? How have I not known about this for so long?
1: How's this thing an overnight success? What's well, only been done <laughs> 10 years? But yeah. Um, it looks easy. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, everyone can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so we got like we initially went to market with this like hero formula. Um, and then we've found that we can we've like we research the formula and then we work on formats that are applicable to the channels and the customers that we want to, I guess, go after. Mm -hmm. So we have drinks that are um, like the kind of hero products for us in retail, but we also looked at how can we create the most um, cost-effective product for like families and people in need who can't afford, say, a $7 beverage in store because they need it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So we developed like a smoothie powder and a range of capsules that um, allows people to have this formula which we've clinically proven to increase brain function and cognitive health and I can talk about the um the research that we're doing but you know for less than two dollars a serve this is a seven dollar beverage so yeah a couple of formats now and but we're just on that um we're still at the early stages of our of our product development life cycle as well as our Mm. science
0: yeah, well, that's wild to hear the early stages because it's been, yeah, it's been around, and I think I read um, took you five years to develop the formula. So maybe we go back to um, the beginning and where did the idea come from? I know you have a business partner based in New Zealand, but yeah, give us give us the startup story.
1: Sure. Um, so uh, last last year of high school, I um, lost a friend to mental health. And then went to university, did the classic university experience. um, Came out of that first job was selling V, the energy drink. Um, I remember, you know, going through university and and first year of kind of the working world. um, uh, You know, just seeing friends and family members struggle with like stress and anxiety. And then in that first year selling this energy drink, I lost two grandparents to brain-related illnesses. Mm. And kind of the the moment really dawned on me when I remember selling um, a whole bunch into a supermarket and then seeing like, I don't know, she would have been like a 11 or 12 year old girl walk out with one of the big cans of the stuff. And I'm just like, I'm literally selling caffeine and sugar to mass New Zealand, like, I'm not doing any good here to anyone.
0: Low-key drug dealer to underage people.
1: Yeah, and so um I kind of had, like, a dark night of the soul and and mm. then started to think, you know, and we, we were seeing, um, uh, um, uh, we were seeing so a few phone calls. I got this guy yeah. here, he's the only man in the world to do four backflips on a BMX. <laughs> he rides for Nitro Circus. We supply him to help keep him calm before he does um, those oh, types wow. of things. Um, but I, I remember just thinking, you know, Red Bull had sent someone into space. There's this, you know, $80 billion energy drink market out there. Mm. Why can't we create something that's caffeine-free, can improve your brain health, but improve your mental performance, which is why we drink caffeine, but also at the same time reduce your stress, which is the problem of taking caffeine. Caffeine exasperates your stress. And then why can't we scientifically prove it? Why can't we use ingredients that are on our back door? And why can't we, you know, prove to people that it works? There's like you can feel it, but also there's like published science behind it. And then why can't we make it bigger than Red Bull? And so that was kind of like there's the some low-key the goals there. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I I came across this like 30 million dollar modular wooly wonka incubator food factory facility that's similar to csiro in new zealand and it's called new zealand food innovation but this like facility was called is called the food bowl and was like brand new shiny um uh, newly commissioned and i kind of knocked on the door cuz i read about it in the newspaper and um I was like hey i do you guys uh, exist to help companies and people develop new um, food and beverage products i've got a brand drink idea can you help <clears throat> and they were like yeah sure you you you're exactly the type of person that um you know we we look to help we also help like bigger companies prototype out new NPD but um, we also help startups and um, so I was like the fourth ever person to use this facility Mm. and like at the time we were pressing blueberries and mixing it with bark and it turned into jelly and it tasted horrible Um, but I learned a lot and then a job was going as business development manager there and I thought man this place would be far better to work at than selling energy drinks all day so right time, right place, I got the job. And um, <clears throat> for six years, I was kind of catapulted onto the forefront of what food technology is, not only in New Zealand and Australia, but also around the world. And, you know, I got I, I, I got sent over to San Fran to speak at Stanford University twice on what food technology is um, out of out of um, kind of Australasia. And, like, we did a haka to... Um, uh, these Stanford professors and brought them to tears and, and had this big conference where there were delegations from Japan, the Netherlands, oh. like, you know, and sitting next to, like, the chief science officer of Mars, you know, and then having this, like, Kiwi presence and doing this taku was, like, quite a cool thing. And so, um, and then over that time, I kind of chipped away on this idea and and very slowly we started to build up, like, this kind of product that I was musing on in my spare time and I guess the like the, the first breakthrough was one getting a like a, a co-founder on board, and then we started to. He was a very talented. Uh, he is a very talented industrial designer and design thinker, and so he designed out this like beautiful concept of this drink, this futuristic-looking drink that I could take to um, you know you know investors or like neuroscientists and be like, hey, we want to develop a formula that could be like the world's smartest beverage and do all these amazing things. Can you help? And so that was like the first asset that we had, which was this, you know, this kind of this image, this beautiful image to help inspire people. And then <clears throat> the, the probably the, the next win or p- piece of asset that we had was I spent, we, we came across this world-renowned neuroscientist, Professor Andrew Scholey, who's like a specialist in psychopharmacology, especially from plants. And he's based in Melbourne at um, uh, the Centre for Human Psychopharmacology at Swinburne University. And I just like hustled him for like three months and finally convinced him because he work, He does like million-dollar projects plus for, you know, Unilever, Klein. He was seconded to Nestle's head office in Switzerland to work on cocoa polyphenols. He's, you know, done work for Pfizer and Bayer and, you know, all these big multinationals. And here I was, this like kid um, out of New Zealand, like calling him, saying, hey, I've got this brain drink idea. but managed to get in front of him and show him this image and, and talk to him about like what we're trying to do. And we, we managed to convince him to develop this formula for us. Um, and it cost us a lot of money at the time. I think it was like $60,000. And so we had to kind of go and look for angel investment. And that was like our first big, like, big bet and big, big risk that we took um, was to pay this guy to develop a formula. <clears throat> um, and then once we had that, I guess you could say, like, The rest is history. Um, Mm. So that's kind of how it all started, really.
0: Amazing. I mean, so much gold in there. I'm really interested to hear about that. I love like that idea of kind of, you know, developing the vision and almost selling the vision, right? And being like, Mm. was there a point at that point, did you know? that it was possible? Like were you like, oh, these are the things we want to include, we just don't know how it's possible? Or was it still like surely there is a combo out there that hadn't been done or what was
1: the kind of baseline? Bit of both. Like there was like surely, because nothing was out there on the market, but I was just like there was enough research to show that a range of different plants um, and plant extracts were having genuine um, physiological effects on, on the brain and you know. And they didn't contain caffeine and they not only improved performance, but they were reducing stress and improving brain health. But I wasn't a neuroscientist. I was just this kid that knew how to Google search, you know. And um, and I think that's, like, one good hack is what I learned. Um, it was, like, get really good at, like, you know, just searching on Google and then using Google. And, and now it's going to be, I, <laughs> I suppose, chat GBT as well as Google. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Yeah, but we knew that if we're going to create a brain drink, we're going to need a neuroscientist and ideally a really, really smart neuroscientist to help us like really put together this formula with like robust evidence and, um, you know, really deep thinking about how we put it together. And and so we we kind of went to him and we said, is it possible? And he goes, yeah, that's possible. And so we go, okay, like, okay, that's like, it kind of confirmed our suspicions. But, you know, before that, like that moment, there was, you know, not hundreds, but more than 10 and less than 50 versions of uh, like business plan and mm. market research that we were doing to justify this to these potential investors that we were speaking to, for sure. And also yeah. just like your gut feelings. It's like, and I'm really like, I'm a why can't you kind of think? why can't we do this? Why not? Mm. Like I hate status quo and I hate people rolling over um and just accepting the fact that no, you can't do that. And it's just like mm. bullshit. Let's fucking yeah. do it, you know. Excuse me. I bench, think especially
0: but, when well. no I'm here for it, especially when you're, you know, you you're taking on the giants like Red Bull and V and mm. you know, Coke and Pepsi and you know all the other different versions of you know. High functioning or energy drinks and things like that. Mm. It's like, yeah, and you're going down a complete different like route to it. It's like, is, you know, are we crazy? Um, you mm. know, have you did you have was that has there been any kind of, um, I don't know whether pushback or difficulties or things? I, I, yeah, I mean, convincing watching the convincing Pepsi investors,
1: recently, <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's a good watch. Like, um, you know, like investors were saying, hold on, so you know like a typical beverage startup would would, would gain investment and then they'd put $100,000 into a billboard campaign you know a marketing campaign we put $100,000 the first $100,000 that we got after the money for the formulation into a clinical study mm. you know and and that was the direction that we committed to that because we knew that that was going to be our point of difference because no one's no one's doing the level of research that we are Undertaking and also publishing on a single product for brain function like, on the planet, and because of this work that we've done over the past, like we've probably been doing human clinical studies for now, shit, almost ten years. Um, we are, like are getting you know tapped on the shoulder by these big giants that we um, look at as like big hairy competition that are starting to speak to us be like. Hey, are you open to investment? Hey, are you open to research? And we're saying no to all of them because we want to do it ourselves. But it's crazy now to think that it's like these, you know, these giants that we thought we wouldn't even get a lick of attention at, like have now kind of got us on their radar. Mm. for better or for worse for us
0: yeah no um, it's i mean everyone talks about a point of difference when starting out right and it's like you mm. know it's nice to sit here and see that especially the food industry um that research into the health benefits is also a big part of that and, and having that priority for sure yeah and
1: i think like the thing that makes us different is that we actually do clinic human feeding clinical studies double blind randomized placebo controlled on the finished product, whereas like 99% of other brands, they just kind of leverage off the one piece of research that was done on their one ingredient or two ingredients. But are they putting in the efficacious amount that was in that study? And have they tested that their finished product mm. works in the same way that, that study does? And mm. and yeah, we can I can confidently say that we're literally the only scientifically proven brain drink in the Southern hemisphere. Um, and there might be, like, a couple others in that kind of medical space that no one knows about unless you're in hospitals, but, like, something that's commonly found on a supermarket mm-hmm. shelf, we would a 1,000% be that, and the level of studies that we're doing is, you know, um, we, we uh, we're doing far more than even these big multinational brands that you mm-hmm. see out there. Yeah. And and I'm kind of just like, why aren't other people doing this? Mm. But I don't know, yeah. I guess it's just we've just been a bit earlier in our thinking, and I mm. think a lot more people are clicking onto it and are doing kind of mm. uh, starting to, and we're seeing through, like I'm on the board of Future Food Aotearoa, which is like the next generation of like um, food entrepreneurs, and we're seeing companies that take that philosophy a bit more of like yeah. a science and technology-led approach. But yeah. then the brand, brand is And, and sales I think approach. that's
0: what we're, as a society, are looking for that transparency in brands now, you know, to back up what yeah. you're saying. And people are calling bullshit <laughs> on, you know, on the nice advertising, you know, mm. s- um, taglines and things. So it's like, actually, you know what? Like, show me the proof, you know, like you can't, it's not enough just to say it
1: anymore. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Um, uh-huh. So, and we're like, we're super excited because we've only, we've published one study, which, um, still needs to get loaded up onto our website, actually, but we've literally got, like, we're publishing three this year and then we'll be publishing e- another study every year for, like, the next six years type mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's game-changing whenever that comes to the market because it's good for us in the sense that um, you get you get more press attention and you can tell your story to a wider audience because the media mm-hmm. actually want to talk about something that's, like, you know, really robust and has yeah. had an university involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Amazing. Hey, I'm interested if we go back to that kind of startup pitching investment phase of the business, like having the, did you have your base, like, did you have those ingredients or you were still like working with the neuroscientists to be like, yes, nail it Um, before you went to investment? Like, or, you know, mm-hmm. what, what did you kind of get? over the line or how were you able to, you know, sell this potential um, and if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, what that round was like, how did you find your investors, the capital that you had to raise and, you know. Yeah,
1: sure, because it's so like when you're in, when, you, when you're starting a company up for the first time, you're just so in the dark about raising capital mm. and and the strategies to raise capital and you're just like, yeah, it's a really lonely journey. Um, so how it worked was we um, were... Uh, We needed $60,000 to get this world renowned neuroscientist to optimize our formula. We had selected a few, we had identified a few um, uh, New Zealand ingredients that we thought were scalable and sustainable, but we wanted to make sure that they were the right ingredients for the proposition that we were trying to achieve. And so we, yeah, so... Professor Scully kind of, you know, said, well, look, it's going to cost you some money to develop this formula. I think it was like like dollars or $60,000. Um, and and we were like, holy smokes, that's a lot of money. And so we went um, back and um, my co-founder's um, uh, grandfather started a really successful uh, silicon chip manufacturing company. Um, so they were like a high net worth family. And so Zach's father was the first angel investor um, that came on board as well as one of my family friends um, uh, and they kind of put in that seed capital for us to do that that clinical study. Uh, sorry, the, the formulation work. Mm. And then once we had that formulation, that was like our next asset. So I talked about kind of assets in the business. Mm. The First was this inspirational image when I mean, we had nothing in a business plan. The, the second asset was this formula done by a world-renowned neuroscientist. And then we knew that we should probably... <coughs> Put it through a clinical study um and test and understand it a bit better and we at this point in time we were having these conversations with our um uh potential ingredient suppliers and one of them is this pine bark extract company um that they create a, a pine bark extract that's used as like a natural alternative to ritalin medication for children and adults and, and used in high doses for like concussion recovery it's like a super potent um polyphenol which is like an antioxidant but it improves blood flow and circulation into the brain and it's really safe and they said hey look you know this clinical study that you've got um, uh, and the things that you want to do next you're saying that you're looking for $150,000 look we'll front up with like $50,000 but we want that money to go towards the clinical study please because um, it's going to benefit you, but it's also going to benefit us because our ingredients in the study. <clears throat> so I thought, like, done, dream, and um, and then in return, we were like, if you invest in us, we want to have and this works, we want to have exclusive use to your ingredient and mm-hmm. in the brain drink mm-hmm. space worldwide. And they were like, yep, and then and then and then give us like good fair terms <clears throat> on like your ingredient, you know, don't rip us off. And so that was a really um, great next step in terms of asset building where we had a secured supply chain, we had money that could go into clinical study and, um, and then we got the rest of our investors, family and friends, to then put money in um, to, to hit that $150,000. Yeah. Um, I mean, in hindsight, I think we probably raised small amounts like that over like two, three, four years when I should have just been more confident and more bullish and raised more money. But in saying that, I probably would have burnt it faster and then mm. been more diluted. So, like, happy mm. where we ended up. But um, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, you know, I'd say raise more money and be more confident on your valuation um, because it's what the investor pays that sets the valuation, not mm. anything else. Essentially, yeah. Um, so that was really good, and then and then and I think in like a quick round following that, we brought on one of the largest black currant growers in the country. And then suddenly we had our two key ingredients. We had the biggest suppliers of each investing in us, like enabling us to to scale up our, our supply, I believe supply, um, a heap. And along came that was like more insight into, in terms of the science of the ingredients and the supply chain and how we manage that. And, um, yeah, so like
0: – So this was still – was this this kind of research development five-year period before you've got something on the shelves? Revenue. Yeah. yeah.
1: So this yeah. was oh, – like I think when the black current grower invested, um, that was when we started to like – we were using my work. I like I was using up all my annual leave to um, to go down and use the facility as a customer and we were manufacturing our drink by hand and we were selling it into – like the Harris Farms equivalent in, in Auckland yeah. called Farrow's. But we quite quickly realised it was like, we need to sell it into like a thousand more of these stores in order for us to, to a certain level that we're going to be at least happy with. And mm. so we kind of realised, man, we're going to need to um, like scale up our manufacturing. And it came to a point where we were spending so much time in, in this factory, making it ourselves. We were spending zero time out there selling it. And that's when, like, the next step change step change happened for us, where we moved to a contract manufacturer, and we shifted to glass, sustainable glass packaging, and we saved like a dollar a unit on manufacturing costs because these guys were operating at a much larger scale. And we started out doing like eighty liters, and then two hundred mm. liters, and then eight hundred liters, and then twelve hundred liters, and then now we're doing like two hundred thousand liters a month type thing. Wow. um So that was moving to a quantum manufacturer has been like, you know, a big step change for us. And also we follow the Stan Shi smile curve in terms of where we spend our time. So that's the smile curve that looks like this. And like, this is value, value add, and this is kind of like the life cycle of like, from R&D to like product and market. So like the most amount of value you can add is like the R&D, and, and the science and the brand. And then at the bottom, it says that manufacturing is the lowest value add to the product. And then on the back of the way up through <clears throat> post-manufacturing is marketing, sales, and after sales. So we're, we're spending our time here in like R&D and brand and then selling and, and, and being good at selling. And we're letting experts that have got their money invested in plant and manufacturing are far better than us at making beverages to be the experts in beverage manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's where we kind of spend our, our time and effort. And also, by the sounds of it, your
0: a the uh, re- recession development was the vision and the purpose and why you wanted to do it and and stand out and you know move away from the the sugary drinks. And then also, mm-hmm. you know marketing seems like that was what your strong suit was, you know looking at the brand and and the way that you've been able to, yeah, push it and get it into hand, the right hands of and you know build the reputation of the brand as well.
1: Mm. and as i we're always learning on all fronts and um, as we build in our capability internally um, we we kind of grow a lot Um, so yeah it's a it's an exciting time now where we've kind of proven the concept we know it works we know consumers love us we know we know our consumers love us Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that um, there's huge potential we just need to make sure that We've got enough black currents and we've got enough manufacturing, and um, and enough right team members to ensure that we can execute on the science Mm. and execute on on the selling.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's been this constant, like, all right, now we've got to take this risk and we've got to like invest in this and we've got to get more money. And what is the fear levels been like, you know, you talked about backing yourself earlier, you know, and being more confident in that, but, you know, obviously taking money from the beginning with friends and families money. And then, mm. you know, also, you know, it's not a little startup cost. It's like $60,000 mm. to just, you know, Get an expert on board, you know, uh, Mm. that may or may not work Mm. or see or how Mm. long that would take. What was, you know, your kind of mentality or was there, you know, the fear of the risk that you were taking? Did it feel like risk or how did you Mm. kind of manage some of those big decisions that would involve other people's (sighs) money or,
1: you know, maybe not having it? I think there's been like, yeah, just being like, um, like trusting your gut and getting enough feedback to know that you are making the right decision. <clears throat> so at every like, um, you know, major inflection point of raising capital, um, we were confident on what we could deliver on with those next steps if we had that capital because we knew people were feeling the benefits. We knew we had the science or the science was like, it was proven privately in the lab and we were just then repeating it or waiting for it to be published. <clears throat> um, and just speaking to the customers, and just hearing these like heartwarming like testimonies, you know, of people who genuinely feel the benefits, and are like repeat customers, and are like massive fans, and telling their friends about it. Kind of going, no, like we've we've only just scratched the surface on like awareness and penetration. This can keep going we can keep Mm. doing this and like our sales rates and stores within the stores that we were in as long as we could keep up with getting products to them we were out selling like any other drink on the shelf in terms Mm. of units per store per week so um yeah and then it's kind of it is leaving a bit of that stress at the door when you get home and just going fuck it it's only money And just like this, just while we're young and with less risk and responsibility, you know, starting out when you're young, when you don't have a mortgage or kids or whatever other responsibilities, like I would recommend doing that because the longer you wait, the harder it is to move. Mm. Um, And... Just going with your gut and finding your calling, I reckon. And I think, yeah, my calling has been to do this and like I'm gonna see it through if it kills me, you know. Mm. Like I just I this is what I want to do and I mm. wanna see it through and yeah, every year it gets better and you look back and, and also being really fortunate to have a like a co founder and co CEO and you can cry on each other's shoulders and celebrate mm. the small wins and Yeah. And it's like looking at where we are now, my 24-year-old founding self would have been like you know overjoyed with happiness in terms of our accomplishments but I'm here now and I'm still like like not happy with where we're at Mm. you know we want to prove more stuff um, and create a bigger impact Um, because our like our our mission is to delay the onset of neurological decline worldwide through science-backed scalable accessible brain food and for every year that we can push out neurological decline through food, we can save the world up to half a trillion dollars worth of economic burden. So I want to be able to hang my hat up one day and show like, you know, a hard number of the the money that we've saved the world in terms of injecting like high grade nutrition into this, into this planet, as well as um, you know, the hopefully millions of happy brains out there that are Mm. like fundamentally benefiting um, from the effects of our products, you know, Mm. on a real efficacy-based level.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think it – it comes back and you hear it a lot in the startup business world of, you know, find your why and you know, Ooh. do something you love, you know, never work a day in your life. And it's like, you know, Ooh. there's that's a lot fun. of truth to that. Yeah. And it's like that that's the stuff that drives you when you've got to stand and ask for money or you've got to, you know, figure it out, or you've got to,
1: you've got to work you know, from work eight pm till like midnight, you know, yeah. or you've got to like when it is like your calling or it is something that you've got a real mm. big purpose behind, you you're way more um enthusiastic to do Mm. those grinding hours I think I've been like I'm impatient but I'm also and I'm I'm probably not the most efficient worker but Mm. I'm just like just do one thing today that's going to like nudge the company forward you Mm -hmm. know and and that compounded over 365 days over like you know many years it actually starts to like pay dividends Mm, absolutely.
0: Um, and I'm interested and in, I think that kind of that reiterating that message of purpose driven brands and what consumers want to get behind now is, you know, a face or a story or, you know, and beyond the impact of the, the consumer item that we're in purchasing, we also want to know that it's going to, you know, be of service, which brings me to that question, which I'm keen to hear about from, you know, the the Kiwi uh, roots of you guys and the brand name and you know using because is the the bark you're talking about is a it's it's native to
1: New Zealand? No, so yeah, a lot of people get confused. So um no ingredient that we are working that is in our formula today is native to New Zealand. Mm. So we use um so it's it's Pinus radiata, it's pine. So Mm. pine trees are growing around the world um for um, timber industry. And just so happens that the bark of pine trees has got some of the highest levels of polyphenols um, that are beneficial to like brain health and blood flow, mm. and similar compounds are found in like chocolate or um, green tea or or um, grapeseed, and um, and so it's just a common um, uh, tree that we we take the the byproduct mm. of and turn it into a, a, a really high value. Um, functional ingredient that's like used on like even as young as like four-year-old kids that are on the neurospectrum Mm. um and uh, we're saving them from using like amphetamine based like you know Mm. adhd medication Mm. um and then our our black currant is a unique variety to new zealand that was bred in new zealand through the csiro equivalent Mm. but it's not native but we are just on the on the name front. So um, Zach, my co-founder, is of Nāpui descent, and so we kind of went through through Zach and through the right um, the, the Māori, um IP um, tribunal to gain permission to use um, a, a tereo, uh name, which is um, uh So we've gone through the right process to be able to um, have the privilege to use that name, and then for us that means. Arepa, why we liked it is because it means two things. It means um, the first, and so we think we're the first of our kind brain drink, but it also means alpha, and um, alpha brainwaves relate to the state of flow that psychologists deem as what the zone is. So when athletes or artists are in their Mm -hmm. state of flow, really nailing their skill with minimal effort, they have higher amounts of this alpha brainwave activity. And so we've been working at the School of Psychology at the University of Auckland, scanning brains of university students, showing that we can activate higher amounts of this alpha brainwave. Mm-hmm. That's why we called mm-hmm. it um, that. Yeah. Um, but we are we are looking at future products and um, we're looking at both, uh, um, you know, ingredients that are native to New Zealand and Australia mm-hmm. and um, and for New Zealand we're on a, we are further down the pathway um, to us to to look at utilizing these ingredients. And we work with eWE to make sure that we benefit community um, in, in this ingredient development process mm. um, in order for us to gain the right to commercialize it. And yeah. what we bring to the table is um, a, a science-based approach where we can translate traditional wisdom into, um, mm. you know, like on the forefront of like nutrition um scientific based nutrition evidence and it's been a fascinating journey working with iwi to understand that um and then because we carry a, um, a native name we we like to prioritize and uh, make sure that we're doing the right level of uh, giving back so we have a lot of um, professional athletes who are um, starting out in their journey or at you know gold medal winning Olympic level um, status Mm -hmm. and and we supply and support a lot of these athletes um, on their journeys towards Mm -hmm. the Olympic games or to world champ events. And yeah, it's been a a fascinating journey um, uh, watching these people use our product and, you know, experience Mm -hmm. the benefit and then like take home gold. You know, we can say that our product has helped contribute to you know, mm. Olympic gold medals now, which is um, yeah, incredibly fascinating, amazing. And thank you for
0: sharing the background to it. I think it's yeah, it's really important. It was interesting to read. Mm. But <clears throat> I'm interested to hear. Um, you know, I think from one perspective, it's like you know, the marketing of getting it into the right hands when you know you mm. are a new brand to the market and you're competing against you know people who may be you know ten times funded and you know in the mm. market than you are. Um, how, I mean, firstly, maybe we start with some of the outcomes and, or how people are using, you know, the drinks and the, the, um, products in for brain function and, you know, what people, you know, how, how they're applying it to their routines, health routines or everyday lives and what results they are seeing. And then maybe we can jump into, you know, how did you get that into the hands of people who could kind of, you know, give it a bit of a credibility tick as
1: well. Mm. so um we so we're like so we've got like eight or nine clinical studies either underway or or soon to be published um and we're finding that you know we're one of the only drinks uh on the planet that available in supermarkets that is shown to increase levels of dopamine in the brain um and that'll be published this year and another study we're showing we can shave off 20 seconds of a four-kilometre um, cycle um, time trial and athletes when they're exposed to pollution. And um, another one showing that we can increase working memory in university students. And we're just kind of, we're mining a whole range of effects that we can then show scientific evidence on and then talk about that when we're at events or um, or conferences or tastings. And what we're finding from our consumers is like, there's kind of two big groups. There's the the group called like the neuro concerned. And so these are people with a, it's like one in five on this planet got a neurological concern and we, and we know that they they have a lot of things in common, which is um, kind of high oxidative stress in the brain for a multitude of reasons. And our drink is really effective at um, lowering brain oxidative stress and kind of, supporting neurotransmitter levels and so people in this kind of neuro concern crowd you know it might be anxiety before like it might be like chronic anxiety it might be depression it might be concussion it might be ADHD it might be dementia it might be Parkinson's might be Alzheimer's might be Huntington's it might be autism it might be Tourette's it might be kind of you name it within that world of like people with like a condition, I hate saying that word, but who have a cognitive-related concern, probably is a better word to call it, we seem to affect them more profoundly than a normal healthy person who's eating a healthy diet and getting enough sleep mm-hmm. from a I-can-feel-it perspective. And they take us either on a daily ritual as part of their daily routine in the morning or in the evening. Some people have us, you know, as our smoothie powder on their breakfast cereal. Some people have our drink they head out for their day some people pour us into a wine glass because we look like red wine and, and, and consume it at the end of the day um in the evenings and because we're caffeine free and we help improve oxygen there's a sleep benefit that, that we're looking into as well um and so it's like so diverse how they use us but essentially they are using us as a tool to help their brains perform better whether it's just to maintain brain function for daily function or to like help them get to a level that they're happy with their executive function to do the tasks that they need to do in their day. The second group uh, is kind of like everyone else and they Mm. are using us to either replace caffeine or replace that second coffee, replace alcohol or use us in that time of the day or the time of the week they have coming up that's a really big important moment and they're using us as a as a stress-busting performance enhancer um, to help them, you know, perform better, whether it's even in the gym or in a sports field or in an exam or in an interview or, you know, catching up with your in-laws or, um, you know, anything that might cause stress, um, mm. we set to help increase cognitive function. On, um, and then we've got this like underlying effect of both long-term brain health and improved immunity. We've got more black. We've got more the reason why you buy blueberries is because of the colour, which is the antioxidants. And blueberries have got some of the highest levels of colour out of any berry grown. Um, our black currants have got even more colour than blueberries, and in every bottle of our performance, there's more colour, aka antioxidants, than there is in a cup of blueberries. Mm. So we've got this underlying health halo to us. Um, because we want whatever we inject in this world, we want it to also improve brain health and performance, but we want it to be good for people as well and, and that's really important so you know like we're low gi no one knows that mm. um, we've got more more antioxidants than one and a half kilos of fresh fruit and vegetables because mm. of the addition of this pine bark extract um, but no one knows that either mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess that's how um, people are consuming us. Yeah, and then um, and then what was the what was the I guess uh, yeah, like I
0: mean, you're reading through your bio. Um there's you know your professional athletes which you've mentioned before but being on model oh, yeah. sets directors mm-hmm. you know obviously I think you know seeing you on the side of buses and how things are we like it out that, here. you know like yeah what's been your marketing strategy I feel like maybe that's your jam coming mm. off the you know where you started your career but yeah what was the the swing in, in that side of things of how did you go about getting it into the hands of those people
1: yeah so we're really fortunate now we've got um You know super talent super talented marketers um you know based in sydney and auckland and um and we've got a like we think a a good brand that we've spent a lot of time and investment on improving over the past 12 months um and brand assets but we just going back to how we first started the the marketing strategy was to publish peer-reviewed clinical research which gave us really great pr attention And then we could share and tell an authentic story through PR to gain awareness and then be found and be available in stores Mm. and hoping that they would kind of connect. And then layering that with like a digital, like awareness Mm. and digital conversion layer um, was kind of. And then doing heaps and heaps and heaps of tastings and heaps and heaps, mm-hmm.
0: heaps of food shows. I was going to ask that because I've had people on, you know, been in the health industry or starting a product in general on the podcast before. And that conversation of being like, you know, when you bring something new that people haven't had before and, you you know, I was in the bottle shop on the weekend of someone being like, yeah, try my new beer. I'm like, another new beer, you know, like, mm-hmm. Um, but how that, you know, first consumer experience, how do you get people to test you and, you know, um, and you trust you to get to do a taste test and, and then go, oh yeah, I'm going to start buying this, you know, like.
1: Yeah. You seem to be brave enough to ask them. And then I guess what makes us different is they're like. We're a brain drink. And so, you know, mm. like, hey, would you like to try like another beer? And it's like, oh, beer, or yeah, beer. But like, yeah. you know, if you say, hey, would you like to try a brain drink? First question is like, what's a brain drink? Mm. And so we can start a conversation quite, quite easily with consumers when we're doing tastings in stores. Um, and and so that, that's been like a point of it. Then really kind of getting on the cold face and sampling. Um, but I guess what we're doing now is, like, you know, we, like, you know, instead of investing in a billboard, we invest in a clinical clinical study, but now we need to, like, the goal is to replace being Red Bull in the fridges and petrol stations Mm -hmm. and supermarkets, and we need to be more professional with how we do our marketing. So, you know, we do, like, proper the line campaigns now from you know above the line billboards and radio and podcasts and mm-hmm. um and pr and 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 then we do um in-store sampling and store and then we have a whole digital team that focus on selling to our online store as well as creating awareness online we try and stack all those all, all together at the same time um mm-hmm. uh for like big moments in the year and then um we've got a great team uh in Sydney now that uh working on um growing culture and 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 community through partnering with the right people and the right events to help mm. tell our story and and expose people um through you know kind of mass sampling um and the right people to you know expose them to our products so that they can understand it and have the time and be in the right place to be willing to try a product like us mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's multi-layered and um and it's an art as well as a science. And we're just now, because of our where we're at from a revenue perspective, we're able to spend more money in, in marketing mm. to, to harvest that that awareness. And then just to touch on that kind of, you know, what's it been like, how do you get it to step to into the, you know, the unique customers. Um, when you publish a clinical study showing that you can improve, we showed, we tested it on athletes. We ran them for 90 minutes and then gave them like a, a battery of like, cognitive related tasks and versus the placebo, which we spent a whole year developing a placebo because that, no scientist wants to study a product. you don't have a taste and color matched and carbohydrate matched placebo. smokes, that's hard because it's like mm. your product tastes the way it does because of the bioactives. And then you have to like pull them all out, but make <laughs> it taste the same. <laughs> that's so hard. Um, anyway, we managed to do it and that's been a big asset for us, but um we then showed that we could, these like physically fatigued athletes, we could improve their um, their accuracy under fatigue by 700% versus mm. the taste match placebo. And that was quite a large increase. Mm. And we're still just like, it's like seven times more than what the placebo showed. And it's just like, holy smokes. And the statistical yeah. significance was really, really strong. And because of that, like, we then had people reaching out to us from, you know, like, like I think we're now, I, don't know if it's, I think we can, like, we're supplying all the, like, you know, teams of, in the, you know, AFL, NRL, um, rugby union, both on a, a state-based team and also a country-level team. We're supplying those people because of those types of results. And then, you know, we got the founder of Google, his super yacht turned up into Auckland. And then we got this, like, email from the the agency that, like, looks after these boats as they arrive saying, hey, like, Larry's inquired about this drink. Can we get, like, half a pallet? you know landed tomorrow please and so like larry page and you're just like holy <laughs> shit and so you're like yeah and then, then they asked us like a thousand different questions on was it gluten-free was it you know did it have yeah. like and there were compounds in there that i'm just like i never know what these compounds are so we're just taking these labs and getting tested and then finally managed to do it so that was like a fun experience oh, yeah. um and then yeah we i don't know you like you just you start to like you know, it's not what you know; it's who you know. And you start to get in touch with mm. people, and then and then your products suddenly found in the hands of I don't know, like an NBA star, or mm. um, like we got it to Taika Waititi, who's a he, he directed the um four, three, and yeah. four movies at Fox Studios, and um, he like relies on us to like get through his day because like you know he's a director under pressure and he's like burning the candle at both ends and. Mm. We're having to airfrack product to like land on the set of these movies, and you're just like, that's cool, you know. You can like, <laughs> I love Marvel movies, and so yeah. I was just like fanboying out, emailing him, and you know, she's he's like, like, I will hey, personally bro, thanks, deliver like, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, we this was COVID at the time, so we were we were yeah. stuck in Auckland, um, yeah, wow. and so that's cool, and then you know, you like. You know, for New Zealand, you know, everyone loves the All Blacks, but, you know, like mm. playing golf with, like, the captain of the All Blacks and it's, like, mm. fuzzy. Like, my dad would be loving this right now. Mm. Like, you know, I don't watch too much rugby, but it's just cool yeah. to, like, yeah. you know, I've got a son now and then to know that his dad is kind of, you know, supplying and hanging out with some of the greatest athletes that, like, New Zealand has seen over the past 10 years. Like, mm. we, we, they utilize us for when they need to perform on the world stage. And, like, mm. you know, that caller that came through um, before, Jed Milton, like, he broke the world record for most amount of backflips on a BMX and rides of Nitro Circus. And he's, like, calling me up mm. saying, man, I'd love to get some more product, please. And he's, mm. like, Amazing. like, Stephen Adams, the NBA star, he's, like, New Zealand's most famous basketballer. Yeah. He slid into our Instagram DMs and was, like, "Like, Kilda Bro, do you ship to mm-hmm. the U.S.? And I was just, like, mate, i would ship to the moon for you, man. Like, <laughs> because, you know, you know. So it's been, like, it's been really, really fun and, like, it puts a smile on your face. But none of these sales um, make us any money and they waste mm -hmm. a heap of our time. So it's kind of like you need to balance them with also taking care of, you know, the bread and butter, which is selling at Woolworths and Coles and Harris Farms and, you know, those Mm. types of stores too.
0: Yeah, amazing. And I think like, you know, for people listening, going, you know, how do I do a marketing strategy or launch something? I think, you know, the common theme through this story to me is like, yeah, you started with we're going to do something that's good for people and then we're going to prove that it's good for people and then we're going to tell them. And it's like if you've actually got something, you know, you said that's what you set out to do and then it almost sells itself in a sense because you're like if I can just get this message to these people, um, then you know it does its work. And I think it's yeah, people come in being like, you know, all of these fancy different, you know, whether it's, you know, TikToks or copywriting or, you mm. know, sales funnels and stuff. But it's like, yeah, sometimes it's just like, what are you what are you actually how are you trying to improve people's lives? Can you prove that you're actually going to follow through on that promise and mm. then get out there and tell as many people as you can? <laughs>
1: 100% and yeah like you can't make good orange juice with shit oranges um, is a quote that I got from the founder of Charlie's um, who I kind of looked up to when, um, when we first started out um, and uh, you know I think it's really true like you need to like you know you, some businesses are out there and they're selling they're selling shit like it's just mm. packaged plastic shit and they they've got really good distributional marketing but the products that like stand a test of time, in my view, are products that have got like really good value or really good quality to them. And and if you can create something that, like you said, has this effect on people, it's easier to sell a good product than it is a, than a shit product. And so mm. we just made sure we made a really, really, really good brain drink, mm. and um, that was caffeine free and natural and safe and proven. Mm. Um, and then the rest is just like, you know, it's kind of like, we, we now know what to do, which is just mm-hmm. like secure more supply, make more drinks, like spend time on sales and marketing, you know, and yeah, brand. Amazing. Um, yeah. I love
0: it. I think, no, I think it's incredible story. And I think, um, you know, the, the, I I'm always, I think every guest that we've had, I know every guest that we've had on this show has been someone who's, genuinely connected to why they started their business, you know, and that purpose. and it it shows in the success that it's it's people it's not that we choose them on that. It's just that you start telling someone's story and you're like, oh, the common denominator here is this person mm. really cares about their business and they're not prepared to stop until, you know it has mm. the success that they set out to to achieve. And I think, mm. Yeah, it's inspiring, and I think it's really nice to kind of give that message or just reiterate that because yeah, people can be like, you know, is my business going to work, or you know, is there too much of, you know, is there room for us in the marketplace, or you know, are people mm. going to back us? But it's like, yeah, I think that passion really oozes, you know, in a brand and yeah. can
1: contribute. In your to brands it. that I've seen, I'm just like, how are you still existing? And I'm yeah. like, that's why because there's a passionate founder behind it that's got yeah. really good grit and determination but I think what makes it easier is when it's like it's it's a it's got unique point of difference you are very different compared to your competitors Mm. and it's a compelling solution like I think if you can really nail that Mm. um then it then it then it gets easier for you and like Mm. yeah the amount of like business cases that I've had to write and prove the concept on like Mm. it's been heaps and it's yeah it's um I think it's a it's a combination of, yeah, like, team and, and product. Um, mm-hmm. And I think getting good, smart people, advisors and investors around you earlier, the better, and then hiring mm-hmm. good team members sooner than later is also, mm-hmm. like, it creates a fundamental step change in the business. Like, we didn't realize it until we hired them, but, like, getting a finance manager earlier than what we thought was like so fundamental getting a marketing manager was so fundamental and we were like oh my god like our game has just lifted mm. incredibly like before that it was just like four mm. four guys like they were just selling and making and you know and doing some science and mm. but now we've got like a really amazing diverse team that have mm. that are, and all of them are brighter than me and i just kind of i you know i sometimes just need to get out of the way really um, yeah. and and no. let them you know with their magic so um, yeah, yeah, I
0: love that advice. But having yeah, the investors
1: and-, and the directors, like we we've been fortunate where we've we've got one director who used to um, now be the CEO of Zespri, which is like the largest kiwi fruit company. You know, the golden kiwi fruit they mm. breed it; it's like their own variety, and it's like you know they're in mm. sixty different countries, doing three four billion dollars revenue. And having someone that's been at that like billion dollar level, mm. and then seeing us, and kind of he's really helped to lift our gaze and mm-hmm. like plan ahead and set up for scale. Yeah, that's been a really big step change learning for us as we go from startup to mm. to scale up. Yeah, and being more confident and and raising the right amount of money, but not raising too much, and then mm. trying to bring it that then that money and then the investment into profitability.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think
1: a lot of people just like blindly raise money and then burn it, they're like, yeah, now we're doing like 10X our revenue, mm. but you're also doing 10X your loss and it's just yeah. not sustainable, not in this day and age anyway.
0: Yeah. No, and it sounds like that, I think that's a great point to having the right team and, and people and I think also something that you keep reiterating is knowing when to reinvest in the business, you know, and, and keep reinvesting and, you know, finding yeah. having that awareness to... To go, okay. Well, how, what's you know our next step or our next improvement, mm. um, and doing that in stages, you know. Which I think some people come in be like all guns blazing. It's like no, do the hard yards. You know, work the focus. Mm. Like
1: a lot of um, FMCG startups, they get excited when they get the first email from a potential distributor in Japan or the US or the UK. You know. and and they're like oh my god sweet and then like they start talking to them and then they just blindly send product off into Mm. the abyss hoping that they'll that that distributor will do just as good a job as what Mm. they are doing at growing awareness and brand and culture and sales and and you know we have like purposefully like said no towards opportunities and just spent all our focus and time on on now like we've We're we're the number one health drink in New Zealand now Mm. in supermarkets and petrol stations, but um, we want to be that now in Australia. And so Mm. all our focus and time and effort from our team, both based in Sydney and Melbourne and Auckland, is to to grow um, in Australia and become Mm. like a household name in Australia and do local research and, you know, utilise local manufacturing and become like an Australasian business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love And then that.
1: once we've done that, then go on to the US or wherever the next yeah. market's going to
0: be. I love yeah. that. And doing it in, you know, a sustainable, scalable way as well, you know. Yes. Um, amazing. I mean, you've g- given so much incredible advice along the way. So I, I won't ask you for your number one tip because I think there's been multiple tips. But what has... where never can people up find you? the number one tip.
1: Yeah, never give up, keep going. As long as, the, as long as you think it's still a good idea, never give up. Yeah. Give up if it's a shit idea.
0: <laughs> How do you know when it's a shit idea? Like, do you know? Because if you are, it's, it's almost like, you know, you can be Customer so connected Customer feedback, to
1: idea. Like, yeah. like survey randoms about yeah. your product. Don't survey your mum or your mates. Right? Yeah. Great yeah. advice. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then we're yeah. find. So, yeah, like you can buy us at um, Drink Arrepa, that's, D R I N K A R E P A dot com dot A U or find us in your local Coles, Woolworths, Harris Farms, IGAs. Um, We'll be on Milk Run soon, I think. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, congratulations and thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah, big fan of of the drink and um, and what you stand for and the neuroscience behind it all and also the vision, I didn't know that, about, you know, reducing, um,
1: yeah. Neurological decline.
0: Decline in, in the world, which is a massive. So, yeah, incredible congratulations and looking forward to seeing what you guys do next.
1: Thanks a lot, Kay. I really appreciate the time.
0: Pleasure. Thanks for being here.